Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So I had a delightful discovery this week that it seems like you may have tripped, fallen, and come down deep into the rabbit hole of making custom watch faces, which is a place that I have been for years now, and it was absolutely delightful uh, to see you sort of join me at the bottom of that rabbit hole and uh, sort of be exploring this topic. But as much as I love talking about the actual watch face stuff, partly I think it was just an interesting uh, sort of insight for us to talk about where the project you were doing was very much more of a uh, copying um, oriented uh, project. And so I think let's start talking about what it was. And then I think talk a little bit about copying in general and um, kind of the good, the bad and the ugly of that. Yeah, absolutely. So as some people may know, my favorite Apple watch face by far is the solar face and not the new like round one that has a whole bunch of stuff on it that I frankly don't really understand. Um, the old solar face that's just like the curve across the screen that has the sun <laughs> going up and down every day it looks pretty all blue in the middle and everything has pretty sunrise and sunset um and it has room for only a handful of complications and the reason i got on this track was because this is the face i use on my apple watch way more than anything else and i kind of wanted to customize it think like how it only has two complication slots they're very limited and i was thinking like how could i fit more information into those how can i make those better um and and is there a place for overcast to do that and then I got into this rabbit hole of designing complications, and <laughs> I thought, well, what would be a lot easier <laughs> is if I could just replace the solar face, if I could just use, say, the infograph modular face, which has that big rectangular complication in the middle, and put a solar graphic there that I would, I guess, render myself, and then use all of its complications. So that face is full of complications, and it has the, you know, the nice new round graphical ones that are, that are quite nice in a lot of ways, and... So I figure, you know, maybe I can make myself a modern solar face equivalent with infograph modular by just replacing the center complication with a picture of the sun that does what the solar face does. So I got into this experimental phase of like, how could I replace, like, how hard would it be to copy the solar face to do exactly the graphics that it does, or at least do a very close approximation? You know, my other alternatives for what I was going to be working on um, for that day were like, you know, stuff I didn't want to do. It was like, I have to find this really obscure sinking bug in Overcast and that's currently, you know, happening in the beta. And I thought, well, I can do that tomorrow. And maybe today I'll do this fun exercise of, let me try to replicate the solar face and see how far I get. And that sent me down this wonderful rabbit hole that you said <laughs> of like what you can do with, with Apple Watch complications, you know, the sizing and, and the positioning and you know, these days it's actually, you can do quite a lot, especially if what you want to do is just render a giant image, um, then it's it's fairly trivial if you are okay doing it on only the handful of faces that will support full-color image complications, uh, but I was. And so I, I started doing this. And, I, and, you know, the first thing you got to do is you got to figure out sun calculations. You got to figure out, like, the angle of the sun, like, where it is in the sky at any given time of day in any given location. Uh, and so you have to then, you know, start looking at libraries that can compute that. And then, oh, well, most of them aren't in Swift and you got to then, you know, convert it to Swift and, or build your own or import some other giant one and then figure out the part you have to use from there. And so it was all these like wonderful rabbit holes 
none of which are related to my actual job, none of which will ever result in anything most likely that I could actually use um, or anything like that, but all of which, it, it was it was a fun exercise, and I, I did eventually, and I'll, I'll link in the, or I'll, I'll make it the chapter art for this episode, I did eventually get pretty close to how the solar face looks. I didn't match everything exactly, in in part because it was too hard, or in part because I I, I had my own opinion on how certain things should be done. Uh, but for the most part, it's pretty close. And I started started thinking, like, could I actually ship this as a complication for Overcast? And there's lots of reasons why I probably shouldn't do that. One of which is to calculate the sun appearance correctly and sunrise and sunset times correctly. You have to know the user's location. And there is no way, there's no reason a podcast app needs to know a user's location. And even if I made it some kind of like fun little thing, that's like buried in the settings, I would, I'd have to like add it to my privacy policy, add it to my app store privacy label now and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? This is not a thing that my app should do. This is a thing that like, no. if I'm going to ship this, it, w- it should be its own app that, you know, it, w- it would be, you know, maybe my, <laughs> my, uh, theoretical future perfect weather app that I've wanted to make for years and have never made and probably never will make because I even thought of that I'm like well weather APIs right now are kind of in flux let me let me not do that right now this is not a good time um and so I decided you know I probably shouldn't ship it yet or ever for that reason but then I also thought like I have almost directly ripped off an apple face I have made a a very close very obvious very blatant clone uh that is weird to have to ship that or to want to ship that and to try to profit from that. Like, you know, questions arise of would it get through app review even, which is a valid question. And I think the answer is probably, but, you know, I couldn't be so sure that it wouldn't cause problems later. Um, but, you know, it's also just kind of weird to say, like, here's this thing I made, quote, but it's a direct clone of something else. And it was and not not accidentally. <laughs> A, a totally like legitimate intentional direct clone of something apple did and that was it was kind of an odd feeling and i thought you know i could i could try to make it my own i could try to like you know adjust it in different ways and and you know the code is is no pun intended modular um so i like i have all the the style information is all separated out and a lot of, a lot of the parameters are separated out so i could like you know just customize it to a different a different appearance and you know change some of the colors here and there or the geometry here and there but it would still look a lot like the solar face and work a lot like the solar face so no matter how i do it it's it's a copy and that's a little uncomfortable yeah but i think the experience that you've gone through and i think that is nevertheless like hugely beneficial like i I, it's one of these things that have watching you do this and i feel like this is something that i I find have found my, in my own career be incredibly helpful is there is something very help, very instructive about looking at what someone else is doing or has done where you know a sort of like having, having the knowledge that a, a solution exists because someone else has done it and then trying to copy it trying to work out how they did it trying to imitate it as best you can can be so helpful from a learning perspective that you're um, you're expanding your tool set. Like in this case, you're getting better with ClockKit. You're getting better with the graphics libraries. You're getting better with Apple Watch development. Like you're expanding your tools, but you're doing it in a context that has such this 
a clearly defined end goal that like in the end, if you can make a complication that looks exactly like the Apple watch solar face, like you've done it. And if at any point you're like, I don't know what I should do. Like what, you know, how should I make it look when the sun is close to the horizon? You have an example, you have a reference, you have a thing that you can copy. And this is where like many times in my career, I've done gone down this kind of road where I, I sort of just purely as almost an academic exercise, I try and copy something. Um, and if and so often it is useful because that like that that experience is a great way to like build a skill. It gets tricky, certainly as you were saying, when you get to the end of that process. It's like you feel like you've made something. You've made something that um, is cool and is is interesting. And obviously, if it, you wouldn't have made it if it wasn't cool and interesting, you wouldn't have copied something that you didn't think was interesting. So like you've now recreated this thing, and it sort of feels like you made it, but you also didn't really. Sp- totally make it either like you're 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 imitating a lot of choices that someone else made um and so that part starts to get tricky but i definitely think like this experience is is awesome and something that i would strongly encourage people to do is like if you see something that some other designer or developer has done try and copy it and learn from that experience is like super cool because now at the end of this like you know how you have a whole bunch of more tricks and things and it's like i don't think this should like this should not go into overcast and it probably doesn't make sense necessarily as a standalone app unless it became part of something much bigger where like the app is not just the copy the app is doing lots and lots of things and this is just a small part of it Um, or it's dramatically kind of extended beyond that and it's like relevantly and kind of coincidentally uh, we, we recently we both discovered that while you were going down this road i've also been going down a vaguely similar road in widget smith where i now have added some widgets that um, show the sun's path uh, throughout the day which it's like that part apple didn't doesn't own isn't like you know it's like they, they don't own all of astronomy and it's like the end sort of the graph that i'm doing is similar to the solar face but in my case it's looks visually very different because it's styled and themed based on the user's theming and i'm not going down nearly the, as far down as they do or you did in terms of doing cool graphic effects and things because those wouldn't actually work for me when if you have like you know, a, a hot pink background and purple text making the sunrise sunset look any way reasonable on that context wouldn't make any sense. And so it's like, I'm free from that. And so for me, it's like, I certainly, it was sort of inspired by what Apple had done. And, but I think in the end, I've ended up with something that is sort of transformative and extends and improves in that concept in a way that is, makes it my own rather than sort of as a copying. And it's like that distinction, hopefully, at least we'll find out if Apple agrees um, when I submit this update for Widget Smith. But it's like that distinction is an important one, that there's a difference between um, something that is purely, tr- it's like trying to imitate something a hundred percent and trying to sort of copy and take something from someone else versus just you know copying for the purpose of being inspired um and it's like if you're not in that inspiration phase if you're on the other side then it's like copying is tremendous um from a learning perspective um of you know i imagine i can't speak for you but i imagine you've learned a lot from this experience and who knows how that will come to benefit you but i'm sure in some ways it will Oh, yeah. I mean, that's part of the reason why I, I did this and why my one day became two and a half days of work, because I was having so much fun, you know, figuring out, you know, reverse engineering what they what they were doing, basically, you know, looking at the solar face and, and playing with the little time travel feature that otherwise I hate because I always accidentally trigger it. But in this case, it made it really easy to reverse engineer the effects they were yeah. doing. But uh 
but it was it was interesting to to be able to break it down by you know graphical things and be like all right well here that's that, that's obviously you know a gradient here then they're overlapping the second gradient as the sun sets and then they're it, this looks like it's two gradients actually and one of them is being scaled and one of them is blending you know alpha blending itself out as it goes like and you can you can start looking at things and realizing the components that are going into it and as you experiment you can you can figure all that stuff out and and you know even though I'm probably not going to ever do anything useful with this exact copy of their thing, it did teach me to look at things in a different way. It taught me certain graphical techniques. And most importantly than all of that, I'm now a little bit better at Swift because I'm still new at Swift. I'm still very new at it. I'm not an expert yet. And in order to do this, I had to do a whole bunch of Swift coding. And some of it was, you know, pretty trivial. Like, oh, I, I, like I made this this sun library that was basically a swift translation of this javascript thing i had found um to to do the calculations of positioning and stuff but then i also um you know for the graphical stuff i had to dive in and do not only a lot of work in an api that i was familiar with which was uh, core graphics but in a language i wasn't so like this is the first time i've used core graphics from swift and a lot of the stuff that i expected to be worse in swift or harder was actually fine or even easier in some cases. So that was good to to learn both that that you know that Swift was actually better at this stuff than than I would have expected and also to to learn like oh actually I can make this even better by using some of Swift's language features and and like things like in core graphics that you know they have the the save g state and load g state for like basically you know pushing and popping off the, the all the different like transformation matrices and stuff and all the different states and it, the Swift API for that is ugly. It's just save G state and load G state as methods. And that's how it is in Objective C as well. But what one thing I always do in Objective C is when I use those, I after the save G state, the entrance to that logical block, I put a I put an opening brace. And I have I indent everything that's in the transaction, and at the end I put a closing brace. In C based languages, that's fine. You can you can put opening and closing braces to define blocks wherever you want. In Swift, you can't because Swift interprets that as a trailing closure. And so it said basically, like I tried that after the after the save G state call, and it's like this call doesn't take a closure argument. What are you doing? And so I made an extension on CG context, and just, yeah. the extension was like you know perform transaction, and that takes a closure that, that that takes a trailing closure. And and so I was able to format my code in a way that made more sense to me. I was able to improve this API for my own use by using Swift extensions and Swift syntax and everything. And so it's like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm getting better at this. Um, another example was I I was looking at the gradient, the main like blue sunlight gradient, and I noticed that apples seem to have like two brightness phases like a fir- an early one like towards the center that's super bright and then it falls off really gently and goes towards a dimmer one at the end but it's not a linear transition and cg gradients are linear you can't specify a custom curve like an like an ease in out or a quadratic you can't you can't specify a custom transition curve for cg gradients so i dove in further and found there's this other object called cg shading where you can do that. And so I did that and I and I did a custom ease in out CG shading based gradient and that matched the look better. And so I, I realized, you know, A, not only is this is probably what Apple is doing in their solar face, but B, now I've had to dive even further into Swift, the language, 
and core graphics into areas I've never used before. And so it, it was – and a lot of this is like very low-level stuff because you, you know, I had to start doing stuff. Like I had to use my first unsafe mutable pointer. Ooh. That was fun. And so I had to learn how those worked. And like, I had to use a function pointer. <laughs> like all sorts yeah. of crazy stuff that like you know, in, my, in my experience with Swift and Overcast so far, I just haven't had to do that or I've been avoiding it. And so by doing this whole copying exercise, I have actually gotten tremendous value in just advancing my knowledge of Swift. And that will help me everywhere. So even if I never ship this in anything, it was a fun exercise to do for a couple days. And it made me better at this skill that I really kind of desperately need to get better at fairly quickly. Yeah. And I think what's great there is because you were copying, because you were imitating something specific, it has this delightful sort of property of pushing you to do something that you wouldn't necessarily have done otherwise. Like if you were just like coming up with this yourself, you would have done the linear gradient and it'd be like, huh, that looks all right. And it's like you wouldn't have in your mind necessarily like, hmm, it's not quite what I want necessarily. Like maybe you would. Maybe you would have seen it and be like, huh, actually I want an ease out gradient here. Um, but it, it's like because you are kind of – and your goal is very specific and it's copy oriented. It's like you kind of have to do that. And it, it naturally forces you um, beyond just like the easy path where – it's like it's you know it's obvious and that's where real learning starts to happen that's where things get interesting is once you're off that easy path where you know they like oh it's like now now you've used an unsafe pointer or whatever it is and now you have the sense of it's like okay if you actually do need to do that in something that you know something, something tells me with all of your audio stuff in overcast eventually something like this is going to come up again where using function <laughs> pointers and unsafe stuff is is inevitably going to happen and it's like it's not going to be the first time you've done it and like that is when you get when you come to that problem it'll be different it'll be a different api but it'll be slightly less scary and if you need to you can be like huh i remember i've done this before let me go and see how i implemented it and like how that i how that code ended up looking and so like that learning value of it is just so powerful oh yeah yeah because I, I mean certainly like my entire audio engine is written in c not objective c c and pretty much everything it does if you brought it into swift would be labeled unsafe because <laughs> that's just how c works <laughs> um but yeah certainly I would, I would definitely need all that but um hopefully hopefully i can just continue to use that for a long time without modifying it sure anyway we are brought to you this week by hotjar do you have a website did you put time and energy into getting that website live do you want that hard work to go to waste by not knowing what your visitors are doing when they visit your site? Of course not. You know that each visit to your site is an opportunity to gather important data to help you convert more visitors into customers. You might not know that you can unlock that data now with Hotjar. Hotjar is a behavior analytics and user feedback service that helps you understand the behavior of your website users and get their feedback through heat maps, session recordings, and surveys, which help take all the guesswork out of how visitors use your site, making it easier to convert visitors into customers. You can learn more about this now at hotjar.com. And if you want to try Hotjar Business right now for free for 90 days, that's a whole three free months with no credit card required, my favorite kind of trial. Just click the link in our show notes or, uh, you know, wherever you, wherever you see the link for this show. So see how visitors are really using your website, collect user feedback, and turn more of your visitors into customers. And when your free 90-day trial ends, you can just add your payment details to keep the business plan or just downgrade to a free account. 
So don't miss out on that important data from your site's visitors. Learn more at hotjar.com. And if you want to get that 90-day trial, click the link in our show notes. Our thanks to Hotjar for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I'm curious, Dave, you know, going back to the topic of copying and like how to how to copy well and and how and how not to and what to do with stuff you've copied um i think there's there's a lot of distinctions and lines here not to cross that i feel like our industry as a whole does not do a great job of 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 doing of like walking this line walking this fine line well um there's so much copying out there i mean and and in certain areas it's worse than others like i know it's really bad in in games but uh, but certainly, you know, it's not that much better on apps either. I mean, there have been multiple complete ripoffs of the Overcast UI. And, like, there's this one app, I forget what it was called. It was this Italian app that was, like, it copied everything. Like, the entire now playing screen, the the control screen, like, everything. It copied everything from Overcast. It was also orange. Like, it was shameless in how far it went. I, I haven't seen it in a few years. It probably got taken down. But... But like it was, <laughs> it was quite something. And you know, but meanwhile, like Overcast is not the first podcast app in the store, and some of the features in it I didn't invent. You know, like like certain things. You know, and and I invented certain things that other apps then went and did. And you know, they, there's ways to do that well. And there's ways to do it badly. And and I think what you were saying earlier is is important. That like if you're if you're copying something just directly, and you change like nothing about it or you change only very trivial things like that's that's kind of you know that's that's not on the right side of that line but there are ways to use other apps for inspiration or to use other apps features for inspiration or if you do have to copy someone else's feature there's ways to do it in a, in more tasteful ways you know like for me like my the way i always define it is like am i doing first of all am i drawing inspiration from more than one source you know, if you're making a podcast app and every single thing you do is extremely similar to the same other podcast app, like if you're taking inspiration only from Overcast or only from Apple Podcasts or only from podcasts or whatever, like and your app looks just like one of those, that's that's not great. But if you're making a podcast app and you take elements from multiple different apps and kind of blend those together in your own way. That's okay. Then it's okay if some of the elements came from some, from other apps, you know, like then, cause I feel like that's like a more transformative use. Or, you know, if you are, if you're making, you know, say a weather app and you take inspiration from a different category of apps, like if you take inspiration from games and build it into a weather app, like that's, that's a, a more transformative use of, of that, oh, those, those ideas. And I feel like that's easier to make, you know, tasteful and, and comfortable. Whereas, if you are copying only from one place and making something that is very similar to the thing you are copying, that's that's uncomfortable and and you know borderline unethical and and so it's a very fine line to walk and it's hard to get that balance right if you're actually planning on shipping what you make and and profiting from it. Yeah, and I think if there's this element of copying where it's is what I'm doing like seeking to deprive the original author of something or is it sort of its own separate thing you know is it am i trying in you know like the person who is exactly copying overcast like what is their end goal there that they're gonna like out overcast overcast and like 
if, if their app is in no way better than Overcast and is exactly the same as it, like they're, they're not cre- they're not creating value there. They're not doing something where it's in any way like you know moving moving things forward. It is only going to be taking things from you. Um, it's going to cause confusion for your customers potentially. It's going to like it's seeking to take something without giving anything back and like. And a lot of this is, you know, there is a, certainly a tricky element of this, that this. And sometimes there are features and things that you need to implement because that's where the market's going. It seems like every social media platform needs stories now. And it's like it started off as a bit of a joke, but now maybe it's just like the reality. That's just like that's table stakes for a social social network is that they have some kind of ephemeral um, story-like infrastructure. That's like that's just that's just part of the system now. And so like not doing it just on principle is also sort of problematic. But it still is always something that I think is important to keep in the back of your mind. And I think it's easy when you're it's it's, it's easy to let copying let you avoid sort of actual thought too and and this is a trap that i found myself falling into sometimes where um i you know i'm dealing with a problem i have a tricky ux or a sort of user interface thing that i'm trying to deal with and it's like i just end up it's like who you know which app do i do i know of that probably has done this well and then i just like go and look at how they did it and if I just go and look at how they did it and copy it without any original thought, without using that as an input, and instead using that in some ways like as the output just holistically, it's like I'm missing out both on the opportunity to think critically about what I want to do, and I'm probably I'm not, I don't fully understand why they did it the way they're doing it, and becomes problematic in a lot of ways. Whereas if I am going to another app, it's like you know I'm trying to make my like subscription purchasing screen. And I go and look at a bunch of apps that have, that I think have good, respectful, you know, nice subscription screens. I go to the, if I go to those and they're lovely, you know, and and like I'm in sort of take the best parts of both of many of them or apply my own sort of special sauce onto it and kind of am sort of trying to synthesize a bunch of things into, into a new thing. Like that feels great. That feels useful. And that involves me sort of thinking critically. And I think maybe a good place to start is if your copying doesn't involve you having to think critically, if it is just take (laughs) this thing and put it into something else, like if there is no middle step there where you're thinking about it and you're sort of making your own choices and putting your own tastes and flares into it, then you're probably on the wrong side of this. And this is not something that you want to be doing. Yeah, like like you at some point you should have to think either how should this look or how should this work or both. If you don't have to, because like that's that's design, like and that's ideas, right? And if you if like you know if I'm copying the solar face exactly, I don't have to make those choices. I just look at what Apple's face does and I say, hey, uh, how do I do that? Which is different. How do how do I implement that? Is very different than how should this look or how should this work. You know, if if you it, like if I have to actually ask those questions, then I'm changing it. Then it's like, OK, how what what should the face do uh, if you are in a place that doesn't have sunrise or sunset or what should the face do, you know, at, transitioning, you know, between the you know day and night or how how should this look on a totally different type of like, you know, if it's a white background and and the sun is not represented by a big gradient, like wh- how should that be designed and what should happen in, you know, at the edges and stuff like that? Like there are lots of questions that could be raised in in that copying that suggest that that's probably becoming something more. It's probably becoming more transformative and more original. But 
if it is if it if your only question is how do I implement this thing over here that I saw, that's probably just copying. <laughs> yeah. It's like you gotta know you gotta be asking yourself why they did what they did rather than just what they did. Right. It's it's and that's where it'll actually grow and develop and improve you probably, where you understand, huh, why did they do their gradients that way? Um, it's like, huh, because it does, yeah, it does kind of give it a nice effect. And it's like, then you've learned something. Then this is an improvement, both, you know, this is a learning process for you. And we'll say too that like copying is also like, don't, I think it's a great place to often get started. And it is something that I've done many times where my first design, like the very rough, basic version of something, is much more of a copy of someone else's work. And that's a great way to sometimes get started, get the very rough like frame up of your app of like, how do how would I go about this? You, if someone else has done something similar and then you're using that as a jumping off point, like it just makes sure that you don't ship that version one, that you take that <laughs> yeah. version that was very much a copy and then you iterate on it and you change it and you improve it. Like that's where it can often be a great place to start though. It's just like, you know, let someone else have done sort of the initial scaffolding that you can use and then go and dive in and make your own impact from there. Like that's also a great use of this kind of an approach where I suspect if you spent another two and a half days on this face, you would continue to improve and extend and change it. And eventually it would end up something that was reminiscent of Apple's solar face, but was your own thing. And, you know, wouldn't be in any way feel like a copy that would feel like, no, this is my own thing. It's, you know, it's different in ways that are important to you or you think make it better. Thank you for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you in two weeks. Bye.